What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Between the Tackles, which is an NFL podcast hosted by yours truly. If you haven't listened before, you haven't joined in and joined the fam, um, definitely rate, review, download the podcast. We're on all platforms that are streaming podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, so definitely download some episodes, rate it, review it, subscribe to it. Um, we are on YouTube as well. We're popping off on the YouTube channel. So also subscribe there, subscribe to the channel and, and check out the YouTube videos as well. Um, if you're a returner, thanks so much for riding with us. If not, um, buckle up. It's going to be a great show. Um, today we're going to talk about some some storylines. The biggest one, obviously, the John Gruden um, storyline here, him resigning from the, the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll talk about all the games from last week, um, from the NFL Week 5. We'll preview all the Week 6 games. Uh, and then we'll we'll rank. We're gonna do some rankings today. We're gonna rank MVP favorites, who we think the best quarterbacks in the league are. Um, we'll rank all the two and three teams, and then um, we will we'll end the episode off with the gambling corner, like we always do. Um, so let's not waste any time. Let's jump right in. Um, we're gonna talk the big storyline um, from the weekend, and then from from yesterday. Recording this um, on a Wednesday morning. Um, everything kind of happened yesterday, being Tuesday. Um. So let's let's back up to last week. Um, it seemed like last Friday, or maybe even Thursday, but last week, um, there was a report that came out that the um, the New York Times, um, or maybe the New York Post, I want to say it was the New York Times, um, had obtained emails from an internal investigation for for the Washington Football Team. Um, they had obtained emails. Well, one email at the time was reported about. They had obtained an email that um, John Gruden, now former head coach of the the Raiders, but head coach of the Raiders at the time, um, had sent an email to Bruce Allen, who was the um, the general manager of the Washington Football Team, about Demoris Smith. And used a racist trope in the email to describe Demora Smith. This was in 2011 when um, Gruden was actually in the booth for Monday Night Football for ESPN. He was sending emails to, to Bruce Allen um, through his personal email, but to Bruce Allen's Washington football team email. And used a racist trope. So he was already you know, kind of outed as using this type of language about people of color, about Demora Smith. Um, and so that was all getting investigated and kind of being talked about over the weekend. And John Gruden came out and apologized, um, basically said some some lies about never having a racist blade in him. Um, he didn't remember sending that email, um, blah, 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 basically pleading ignorance. Well, Chris Mortensen over the weekend on um, Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN had basically reported that there were going to be several more emails that came out um, and that more were being investigated through this in, through this kind of inquiry um, about the Washington football team and that more was going to come out and that Al Davis, not Al Davis, um, Mark Davis was going to have a decision to make at some point um, and he was going to be getting more information about this subject. Well, it came out yesterday, Tuesday, um, that there were several other emails that included hate towards women, hate towards minorities, hate towards gays, um, hate towards Roger Goodell, 
um, hate towards certain political affiliations. And basically anybody that didn't look like John Gruden got a lot of hate towards them. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details of each email because they are quite hateful language. It, it is quite hateful language, and I'm not going to promote that type of language on this podcast um, in terms of hate towards other people. Um, but if you if you want to find out what the emails are, you can look them up, and they are bad. Um, they are very disgusting. They're disparaging. Um, and so Mark Davis really didn't have a choice. Um, we can talk about whether it was fair, whether, you know, what the freedoms are, you know, the freedom of speech and, um, or not freedom of speech, but freedom of privacy of, of an email server and things of that nature. But the fact of the matter is when you, when you're sending emails to a, to a company email, to an email that is owned by a corporation, it is always subject to search, regardless of whether you like that idea or not. When you sign a contract with a company, you basically you basically let them know that they have full rights of your email and whatever you talk about through electronic communication is able to be seized and searched. Now, that does not mean that John Gruden's email was subject to search. John Gruden was sending this through a personal email. However, when you're sending to a corporate email, all of that is able to be searched. So John Gruden basically is sending all this stuff to the Washington football team email for Bruce Allen. And then it's subject to be searched if there's an investigation. Now, did he know there was going to be an investigation? Of course not. He was sending these back in 2011. However, there is an email from 2018. That's the, like the, the latest email was from 2018, which means this conversation and this type of language could have been going on for seven years. Some of which he was a coach in, you know, in what, 20, maybe not 2018, he might not have been a coach at that point. Maybe he was. I can't remember exactly when he signed with the Raiders. But he was trying to be a head coach. So the one thing I do want to bring up is this was not an investigation on John Gruden originally. This was an investigation on the Washington football team, and a lot of stuff had gone down. And they found all this stuff through that investigation. I'm not saying that does not absolve John Gruden of what he said. I just want to make very clear, this was not originally something, an investigation that was against John Gruden. So there was nothing there was nothing that he had done that had prompted this investigation. It was all through the Washington football team. However, it seems very likely that somebody had something against John Gruden because, again, this was an investigation that had happened a while ago. Like, they had started this a while ago, and now it's just now coming out after a couple years, or maybe, you know, a year and a half ago, um, that... John Gruden sent these emails. So I have a feeling that there is somebody in some sort of capacity that did that was out to get John Gruden because the only one email had come out last week and then several more came out this week. So I wonder if it was like, hey, we're gonna sell you, we're gonna send you this email. Hey, Mark Davis, look at this email from from last week, the racist trope email about Demora Smith, and then fire John Gruden. Well, when Mark Davis said, We're not gonna fire him. Um, he's apologized. It was 2011, blah, blah, blah. Well, then this person was like, oh, you're not going to fire him? Here comes more. Um, and I'm not saying, again, I'm not, absolving, uh, I'm not absolving John Gruden. That type of language and that type of hate towards people should be disparaged, or sorry, should be, should be cleansed, should be removed, and that person should no longer have a chance to do anything in this league. 
because this the league that is the NFL that everybody loves should be inclusive and it should include all of the people that John Gruden was um, showing hate against. We want more women in this industry. We want more people of, well, I mean, w- there's a lot of people of color already in the league, but we want them to feel included and to feel loved and to pe- feel respected. We want minorities to be able um, to, to be in this league. We want people of different sexual orientation and different um, gender to be able to be in this league. And um, the fact that we have language in this league from a from a head coach from people in power that is hate against that needs to be cleansed and rid of this is not cancel culture this is this is not cancel culture this is this is ridding of hate and hate has no place in the NFL but i want to say one more thing if you think john gruden is the only one that is that is guilty of this in this league you're also living under a rock so we've got to make sure we're keeping this equal if we see this or hear of this or find any inclination of this happening with other coaches it also must be rid of this league is i don't know the percentages but it's probably 75 to 80% black people of color and <laughs> those those people of color are making this league a ton of money bringing in tons of revenue because of the entertainment that they put on so if you think for one second that you can have this type of hate in this league against that specific group of people you're out of your mind it's gotta go too much is provided and given to this league from, from people of color for that to be a thing in this league that type of language so it's got to go um he's not going to coach another day in this league he may not coach another day in his life um now i i saw another story yesterday that came out after all of this was the tampa bay buccaneers and let me let me be very clear the tampa bay buccaneers are allowed to do whatever they want with their ring of honor and whatever they want with their super bowl stuff with john gruden that's fine I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what's right, what's wrong. But they removed John Gruden from their ring of honor because of all of this. Again, completely fine. Do what you want. But don't forget, you have employed a man in Antonio Brown that has done some heinous things and has been proven to have done some heinous things, whether past nor present, and you still let that man be employed. Again, the hypocrisy sometimes that happens in this league is beyond me. The the compartmentalizing, the, oh, well, we'll denounce this thing, but we won't denounce this thing because this guy's on our team now and he's helping us win games. Keep it equal, man. Keep it 100. If you're going to remove the guy from the Ring of Honor because of things that he said in emails, remove the guy from your team that's done domestic violence, that's had run-ins with the law, and clearly doesn't have the highest standard of women in his life let's keep it a buck let's keep it equal keep that same energy for everything not just former coaches how about guys that are currently employed on your team how about it all right that's enough of um my soapbox for the for the day um that's not even a soapbox for the first part soapbox for the second part um john gruden now um special teams coach is the interim head coach i'm drawing a blank on the name but he will be the interim head coach and hopefully 
he can bring that locker room somewhat together, um, rally them, and, and have them have a decent rest of the year because they started off good. They've lost the last two, but um, let's hope they can kind of bounce back from that um, and after they've rid John Gruden of, of that franchise. All right, let's jump into the recap of Week 5 NFL games. Um, as we do every week, we're going to just go through each game from Thursday to Monday night. We will talk about the gambling angle, whether they covered or not, what the spread was, things of that nature, and then any sort of like fun storylines within the game we'll chat about as well. All right, let's jump right in. Last week's Thursday night game, I know it seems like a long time ago because it was. The Rams were favored by two and a half against Seattle on Thursday night. They end up covering. Russell Wilson gets hurt. He is going to be out for at least six weeks, maybe even more. It says four to eight. It was probably more like six to eight. Um, he had a uh, some tendon um, tendon damage to his finger on his throwing hand. He went on, underwent surgery, so he is going to be out for six weeks, which means Geno Smith is going to be the guy. I read... Um, that there are reports that they also are going to bring in bring in Blake Bortles um, as well, but it's going to be Geno's team for the for the next you know six to eight weeks. Um, that means that Seattle season's probably is done unless Geno Smith can tap into some crazy stuff that I haven't seen from him before. Um, so looks like it's going to be um, a Rams and Cardinals kind of battle for that division now. All right, uh, moving into the Sunday games, there was a game in London. Um, between the Jets and the Falcons. What an awful game to watch um, at 9.30 in the morning in London, unless you're a Jets fan. Shout out to my father-in-law. All right. Um, Atlanta was favored by three. They closed at three. Um, they win by seven. They covered. They were up, um, I believe, 17-3 to three really early in the game and then just kind of coasted throughout. Jets tried to make it interesting towards the end, um, but just couldn't get it done. Atlanta wins by seven. Miami and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay closed as a minus 11 um, favorite. They end up winning by 28. Um, Tom Brady has his most prolific passing game of his career in terms of yards and touchdowns. First time ever he threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. It's a little misleading because he had six touchdowns, just not 400 yards, and he had four touchdowns and over 400 yards, but it's his first combining the two of 400 plus and five touchdowns. Um, Man, Tom Brady looks incredible as ever, and we're going to talk about him later in our top quarterbacks um, and MVP race. Philadelphia and Carolina. Carolina closed as a minus two-and-a-half-point favorite, and Philadelphia wins outright. That is a bad, bad loss for Carolina. They are falling apart at the seams. Philadelphia is not very good and has no business winning games like that, but they did. Jalen Hurts ends up pulling it out. They win by three, 21-18. New Orleans and Washington. New Orleans was favored by two-and-a-half. I know... Um, I gave this game, um, in my picks, I thought this was for sure a cha a game that Washington could win outright. I definitely thought it was a game that they could cover. Um, I definitely thought it was a game that we could tease and cover as you'll find out, um, in my picks for the, um, <laughs> tweet trifecta and the best bets. We lost one of them. Um, but Nonetheless, New Orleans favored by two and a half on the road. They win by 11, 33 to 22. Washington um, tried to make it a game again towards the end, but then New Orleans scored that backbreaker um, at the end. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Um, Tennessee favored by four. There was a time when Jacksonville was only down eight or seven, I believe, in this game, um, but they but they did not end up winning. Um, Tennessee ends up winning by 18 points, um, so they definitely cover the four, 37 to 19. Derrick Henry. I was just being told by a buddy last night who's a Titans fan. Derrick Henry has 650 yards in five games, but he only had 60 in the first game. So he essentially has, let's call it, you know, 600 yards 
in four games. It's insane. What he's doing is incredible. With an offensive line that has given up 30-plus sacks to Tannehill through five games, um, which is then, again, just so crazy that he's doing all this work with an offensive line that's giving up a ton of sacks, um, and he didn't even have a good game the first game. So he's just been incredible the last you know four games, um, what he's done, and, and completely putting the team on his back without A.J. Brown um, and Julio the past couple. All right, Detroit, Minnesota. Minnesota was favored by 10 and was covering this the entire game until Detroit decided to come back and actually take the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, And they did not win, though, because Detroit just does what Detroit does. And Minnesota ends up winning on a last-second field goal by Greg Joseph. Um, They win 19-17, but were in danger of losing outright and would have ruined a lot of parlays in that that, uh, process. Pittsburgh and Denver. Denver closed as a minus one and a half point favorite. I thought this line was fishy all week. I still don't believe Denver is for real, especially if Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater are sharing duties. Um, Pittsburgh ends up winning by eight. They look like the dominant team. They Ben Roethlisberger kind of turned back the clock in a sense. He made a couple big throws, but still doesn't look right. Anytime he goes up against good competition, he's going to be outmatched. Um, but Pittsburgh did end up winning nineteen or sorry twenty seven to nineteen. Green Bay, Cincinnati. Green Bay closed at minus two and a half. I know some people probably got it at three, maybe even three and a half, but they closed at two and a half. Um, this game was, quite frankly, just bonkers. Um, I <laughs> There was four game-winning field goals missed at one point. Um, five, I think, total in the game. Uh, it was a shit show for kickers in this game. Mason Crosby started off rough. I think he missed an extra point. Um, he missed a field goal, and then I think he missed two more. He did end up winning the the hitting the game winner um, in overtime. So they end up getting it done. Um, it is twenty five to twenty two. Green Bay does cover though with that with that hook at the minus two and a half. Um, they covered twenty five twenty two. New England and Houston. New England closed as a minus eight favorite. They just they're just not very good. I know they win this game. They won 25-22, but New England's not very good. Defense was getting shredded. Mac Jones couldn't hit throws. Um, they end up winning the game, luckily, save parlays again. Um, 25-22. All right. Now we're getting into the uh, four o'clock game. Chicago taking on Las Vegas. Las Vegas was favored by five and a half. I was on this game from the beginning that Chicago was going to win this game just with all the stuff that was going on with Las Vegas. Um, And five and a half points with that Chicago defense is a lot of points. Um, And with Justin Fields now at the helm, you've got a different energy with this team. They're happier. They're more upbeat. Um, And yeah, uh, Chicago ends up winning the game 20 to 9. Um, They obviously, Las Vegas does not cover. Um, Chicago wins outright. Um, I had money on them to cover outright. I had money on them to cover the spread. I had them in a teaser. I had a ton of money kind of chalked into the Bears game because I just knew that if you were able to get a seven, a 12 and a half points with this defense and the, the Raiders offense that has struggled at times, it was going to be a good day. All right, Chargers taking on the uh, Browns. Chargers were closing at minus two and a half point favorites. Um, this game was incredible. I watched it with a buddy at a bar. We were going back and forth. Um, on just how incredible this game was. Baker just was throwing darts everywhere. Nick Chubb was running all over the place. There was not a defensive battle in the slightest. The defenses were just getting outmatched by great offense. Um, The funny thing at the end of this game was Cleveland was, I want to say, was down. Or no, sorry, Cleveland was up two. um, And 
the Chargers were, it was 42 to 40, and the Chargers were driving and driving and trying to hold off the clock and basically take this down to a field goal and win this game with time, with no time left. However, Austin Eckler um, runs, runs a, an outside handoff all the way to like the, the one or two yard line because he wants to save time. So he falls down. And then for some reason, Brandon Staley just doesn't take a knee. He decides to try to run the ball with Eckler. And then the Browns, I kept yelling, push him in, push him in. And the Browns defense obviously knows the same thing. So they push Austin Eckler into the end zone to score and leave about a minute and a half left or a minute and 20 left on the clock um, so that the, the, the Browns would have a chance to go down and win the game. Well, they don't go down and win the game. They throw like middle of the field crossing route, crossing route, dump off, dump off with no timeouts. And they were never going to be able to, to do that and, and not throw towards the sideline. Um, so they end up losing 47-42. Chargers cover. Dallas taking on the Giants. Dallas favored by 7.5. Um, Dallas looks incredible. Uh, Dak Prescott is going to be in the conversation for MVP. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Dallas is just awesome. They're just clicking on all cylinders offensively, defensively. Trayvon Diggs is maybe the best corner already in the league. Um, and they win by 24. 44-20. They definitely cover the 7.5. Few more games left here. Arizona favored by six when it closed. They end up winning by seven. It was a very ugly game. Trey Lance doesn't look good. Kyler Murray is is looks fine, but that San Francisco defense is really good too. Um, San, or Arizona covers by one point, seventeen to ten. The Sunday night game that everybody was looking forward to, the big time Sunday night matchup, Buffalo and Kansas City. Kansas City closed as a three point favorite. I always have said, and I still will stand by. Anytime you can get Kansas City within a touchdown at home, favored, you take them. However, they lose by 18, 38 to 20. Um, the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs is still a problem, will be a problem. It's terrible. Um, there's a lot to figure out there with that with that defense. Um, all, Pat Mahomes did not look good either. Um, the offense is very much predicated on big shots and middle shots down the field. And Buffalo basically just played two highs two high safeties and said, hey, we're going to force you to throw over the top. We don't think you can. We're going to keep everything. In, we're sorry. We're not going to force you to throw over the top. We're going to keep everything in front of us and force you to run the ball, which we don't think you can do. Um, they could not. They lose by 18. Buffalo obviously wins outright. And then the Monday night game, that was also awesome. Baltimore minus seven and a half that they closed. Um, Baltimore was down, um, I believe, 22 to three at one point and then 22 um, to nine. Lamar Jackson, just as Superman again, he goes nuclear. He takes them all the way back um, and wins the game 31-25 um, to 25 in overtime. They do not cover, but they get the dub, which again maybe saved some, um, some parlays or some teasers there. Okay, that is week five. We are going to move into a couple rankings here. We're going to rank the top. MVP candidates, we believe, right now. And then we're going to talk, talk about the top quarterbacks in the league just based off some of the performances that happened last week. I think it's time to talk about it. We'll preview week six, and then we'll do the gambling corner, and that'll be it. All right, so let's talk quarterbacks here. Um, let's go. I want to I do the, like, the top five quarterbacks thing, um, and we're going to make this quick here. I, I'm going to rank my top quarterbacks. Everybody, obviously, listen to this and feel free to respond. And feel free to th tell me what you actually think um, in the YouTube comments, all that. Um, but we're going to talk about it. I think that you cannot have a top five without um, Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. So I think there's three that have to be in there automatically, which basically makes your top five now, a, now you know, or sorry, gives you two spots for what I think are maybe five or six more people, okay? So I think the top three 
Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers. I'm not going to put them in any order. That doesn't really matter to me. I think that all you have to really worry about is top five. So now, let's go through all the rest of the quarterbacks that can fill these last two spots. I'm going to take Russell Wilson out of the conversation because he's hurt, but he would be one of the people that are in the conversation, but he's going to just he's just going to be out of it for now. So you've got two spots left in that top five, and I think these are the guys that should be included in that conversation. Okay? Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Kyler Murray, and maybe that's it. Am I missing anybody? You could maybe say Stafford, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to roll through. I'm going to pull up and see if I can think if I'm missing anybody. I don't think that I am, but let's see. Oh, and so, oh my gosh, and Dak Prescott. Yep, okay. So, Lamar, Herbert, Kyler, Dak, maybe Stafford, maybe Baker. But I think you're basically between four, four and five guys for those last two spots. And if you ask me, I think I have to have Herbert in there right now. I, I just think he has to be included in that. And then I think I have to go. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm going to put Dak in there. And I, I, I'm leaving out Lamar and I'm leaving out Josh Allen. And that sounds wrong. I just, we're splitting hairs at this point. But like right now, what Dak is doing is he's absolutely a top five quarterback. And Herbert just is insane. So my top five right now would be, um, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, which leaves Kyler, Lamar, and Josh Allen in that, like, back range there. That's my rankings. Roast them if you want. Say whatever you want. But there we are. Now let's get to the MVP rankings because I think this is where you can get a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to pull up, uh, like, the MVP stuff and odds and all of that and see what we have here. Um, but let's talk about who I have just in terms of my like top five here. So I have, in my opinion, I think Derrick Henry should be the favorite right now for MVP. Um, he's not going to win it. It's probably unfair, um, but I believe, but I believe he should absolutely be in there. So, and he's so far down on the list; it's unfair. It just it seems that it's insanity um, that he that we are where we are with Derrick Henry, and we still we still won't give him the credit he deserves. But in my opinion, what Derrick Henry is doing, he deserves to be the MVP favorite, or in that conversation, and right now he's not even in the top, what is that, one, two? He's not even in the top 10 
in betting right now. So that's insanity to me. So I think he has to be number one. I think Josh Allen has to be in that conversation, maybe two, three, or four. Um, I believe Dak Prescott's in there, and I believe Kyler Murray, and I believe Lamar Jackson are the ones that are in there. Tom Brady's in there, too. He's probably an outside shot. I would go Derrick Henry, one. I would go Josh Allen, two. I would go Kyler, three. I would go Dak Prescott, four. And then I would go Lamar Jackson, five. Herbert's in there. Tom Brady's in there. And maybe Stafford and Rodgers are kind of creeping up there. But that's where I would go with my MVP odds. I think that Derrick Henry is not getting nearly enough love, and I think he's been incredible, and what he's been doing is obviously most valuable for his franchise because without him, they may be nowhere. All right, let's um, let's preview week six, and then we'll round it out with, uh, with the gambling corner. All right, Thursday night game. We have Tampa Bay taking on Philadelphia. Tampa Bay favored by seven. Um, Philadelphia sucks. Tampa Bay is great. I would take Tampa Bay minus seven. Another London game, Miami and Jacksonville. Um, again, Jacksonville just keeps getting put in London games and they suck. Uh, Miami favored by three and a half. Jacksonville is technically the home team. They are 0 and five. Um, I don't really know who to bet on this game. I guess I, I still think Jacksonville sucks. So I would take Miami minus three and a half. Houston, Indiana, or Indianapolis. Indianapolis is favored by 10 over Houston. I think this is easily a game that Houston can cover. I would take Houston plus 10. Green Bay and Chicago. Chicago at home. Green Bay is favored by 4.5 on the road. Um, they basically think that Green Bay is a touchdown favorite at least. Um, oh, I don't know what to do with this one. Um, I'm going to stay away because it's a team that I love and I don't want to bet against them. Um, but they probably aren't four and a half points. Or, or sorry, Green Bay is definitely four and a half points better than the, the Bears. But um, I'm not going to bet it. I would just stick with um, just watching it for fun. Kansas City favored by seven over Washington. Washington's defense has been atrocious, um, but so has Kansas City's. I do think, again, as I've said, I don't. if I can get a touchdown favorite with Kansas City. Now, they're not at home, though. Um, but... Oh, man, this is tough. Uh, I just don't know if Kansas City right now with their defense can cover seven points. Um, they're not at home. If this was Kansas City by seven at home, I would take it. Um, I'll probably just stay away from this one. This one seems like right about the right number um, as where Kansas City can end up. Minnesota minus one over Carolina. Um, this is a great number here. Um, I think Minnesota can get another win here uh, against Carolina. Um, so I would take Minnesota with the point. Chargers and Baltimore. Baltimore favored by three. This seems fishy to me. I believe the Chargers can win this game outright. I would take Chargers plus three. Cincinnati and Detroit. Cincinnati favored by three and a half over Detroit. Um, I believe this actually is a game that can can shuffle, ruffle some feathers, can can shake some things up. I believe Detroit can win this outright. Um, I'm not going to bet this, um, but I think this is a sneaky game that Detroit can win outright. Rams and Giants. Rams favored by 10.5 over the Giants. The Giants are usually a better road team than they are the, um, in terms of the spread than they are at home. Um, but 10.5 points is a lot of points. I would just stay, I would probably tease um, this game with the Giants to get a lot more points. Um, but they also just got blown out by the Cowboys last week, too. So I don't know. Um, I would stay away from that one. Cleveland favored by 2.5 over Arizona. I think that's a bad number. I believe that Arizona is the better team. I don't care um, who's at home in, the, in this case. I would take Arizona plus 2.5. Las Vegas and Denver. Denver favored by 3.5. Um, this is one that you're going to want to just stay away from just because of all that's happened with Las Vegas. You could say, oh, well, 
there's a lot of turmoil going, so Denver should be favored, and you should hammer that number. Or you could look at it as Las Vegas is going to rally now that they have a, a maybe a coach that they can galvanize the locker room. I don't know. Um, I would stay away from this. Both teams aren't great. Um, they're very average. It's just a stay-away game for me. Dallas and New England. Um, I'm just on a, on a train right now where I would take Dallas, whatever the points are, unless against teams that are worse than them. Um, Dallas is favored by four against New England. I would take Dallas minus four and not look back. Seattle and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by five um, with, obviously, Geno Smith at quarterback. Um, Seattle's defense is on pace to be one of the worst ever all time. Um, I believe Pittsburgh can win this game. I don't know if they can cover five, but I believe they're going to win anyway. I would probably still take Pittsburgh minus five. Buffalo, Tennessee, Monday night game. Buffalo getting another primetime game here, as deserved. They're they're playing great. They're favored by five and a half over Tennessee. Tennessee at home. Um, that seems like the right number. Um, I I probably would would tease Buffalo down, or you know, I just I don't know what I'm going to get out of Tennessee. I hope everybody's healthy. Buffalo's just clicking on all cylinders right now, so I would probably take Buffalo minus five and a half. All right. Let's round the episode out here. Let's do the gambling corner. Um, if you haven't done this before, you haven't listened before, the gambling corner, we do two things in the gambling corner. We do the tweet trifecta, which is a three-team money line parlay, three teams to win straight up. You parlay them together. If they all hit, you win. If one loses, you lose. Um, you have to hit them all. And then we do the weekend best bets, which is two bets um, that we guarantee to hit um, that we think are a no-brainer. Um, I've actually been doing... Better with the weekend best bets than I have the Tweet Trifectas, but last week we lost the best bets and we won the Tweet Trifecta um, last week. So let's dive into this week's. Um, we don't do the Thursday night games, even though I probably would include Tampa Bay in some of these parlays here. Um, but we are going to move into the Sunday slash late Sunday games for the parlays. Um, these are... These are a little tougher games to call here. I know everybody's going to probably throw they're going to probably throw Indianapolis in a bunch of parlays because they're playing the Texans. I think that's a sneaky game. Um I think that's a sneaky game that that the um Colts could get upset, so I'm not going to include them. Um my three team parlay is going to be Rams, Chiefs, and Cowboys. Um maybe throw the Steelers in there if you want to switch out one of those teams for the Steelers. Um, but right now we're going to do the tweet trifecta is going to be um, Rams, Chiefs, and Cowboys. And let me quickly pull up DraftKings here and we can figure out um, what the odds will be. And I will do that for the best bets as well. One moment. Um, as I said, let's pull up NFL. Okay, so if we go Rams, Chiefs, and Cowboys, you get that parlay at plus 128, which is obviously plus money. You win 128 if you bet 100. Um, I like those odds. Three pretty pretty good favorites in that in that um, parlay there. So so good good chance for that to hit. And then for the weekend best bets, we are going to do as we have been doing, and we will always do. We're going to do a teaser. Um, I'm going to do a seven point teaser here. I'm going to tease Kansas City down to a pick'em, and I'm going to tease the Rams down to three and a half. These are both one o'clock games, so if you get that, well, I'll throw you a I'll throw you a nice little uh, throw you a nice little bonus bet if you if we win that. Um, so obviously, this is only if we hit the first one. So if we hit um, Kansas City pick'em, Rams minus three and a half, um, I will then throw you a bone here. Um, 
I would tease. I would do a, another seven point teaser. Um, I would tease Arizona to to plus nine and a half, um, and then I would take Dallas, um, tease them down, which would be plus three. Um, so I would do that as well if we win the first one again, pending the first one winning, which again was Rams minus three and a half. Um, Chiefs pick them seven point teaser. I would then tease Arizona to plus nine and a half and Dallas to a plus three um, for that. So that's a bonus if we win the first one. Just to recap one more time, three-team tweet trifecta um, is, I'm drawing a blank, Oh, Rams, Cowboys, and um, what the hell? I'm drawing a blank. Rams, Chiefs, Cowboys, um, and then the weekend best bets, seven-point teaser, as we always do, is minus 140, is Chiefs pick them, and Rams minus three and a half, with a bonus of Arizona plus nine and a half, and Dallas plus three if the first one hits. Sorry for that weird delay. I drew a blank on what the um, what the teams were for the tweet trifecta. Um, that is going to do it for another episode of Between the Tackles. Thanks so much for listening. Again, like, subscribe, download on the podcast join the fam we're popping off it's gonna be a ton of fun tell the homies um and uh yeah that's gonna do it we'll catch you next week all right fam peace